Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. Philippians 4.1, it says it like this, and this is one of the greatest letters. If you haven't read it in Philippians, you need to read it. It's a wonderful, wonderful letter that Paul writes here. It's beautiful. For through and through, from the first chapter all the way to the fourth chapter, not a lot of chapters, won't take a lot of your time. Make sure you read the whole letter to Philippians here. It's a wonderful, wonderful letter. Philippians 4, the first chapter says it like this, is therefore my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Eudas uh, and uh, Seneca and they, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with climate also, and with all my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Wow. <laughs> hey, isn't that good to think about? He's encouraging them already there. He's talking about how they're helping him and how they're all working together. And that's how we're supposed to be as Christians, working together to get this thing out there, this gospel out there to be a blessing to people, get as many people saved before Jesus comes back. They're working together. They're laboring together, praise the Lord. They're not going after one another. <laughs> no, they're not trying to cause strife. They're working together for a primary goal. And I love that about this. And he says that they're going to be in the book of life. Boy, aren't you excited about being in the book of life? I would sure hate to be somebody when they open that book and your name's not there, you know. No, God's got your name in the book of life, and it's in there, and it's and it's you. You'll see your name's in there, and you're in there, you know, and you think about that. That's where God wants you to be. He wants you to be in that book, you know. You don't want to be one of those people that's not in that book. You don't want to be one of those people that, you know, when he gets up to heaven and you're at the white throne judgment, you know, you don't want to be a person that's not in that book, you know. And God wants you in that book. That's why he sent his son to make sure that you could be in that book, you know. Everybody knows, you know, it's not a question that God created everything, you know. He created everything. You can tell by the stuff that he made, you know. He, he, so he thought it out. He knows what he's doing, and he's not confused about it, you know. And he wasn't confused when he made you, the purpose and plan that he made for you. And he wanted you in that book of life so he could work with you, so he could be a blessing to you, you know. I tell you, it's going to be a good feeling, though, when you get up there, you know, and he opens the book, and there you are. <laughs> That's a good feeling. The fourth verse, though, he says this after that, and, you know, it's a good time to rejoice right there. He says, rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice, you know. I like what Paul says there, you know. He says, rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Doesn't matter what you're facing today, what challenge you're going through. Paul says to rejoice and again, I say rejoice. Oh, that's an anointed word for somebody. Somebody listening needs to hear that. You know, it doesn't matter what you're facing, what challenge you're going through. You need to rejoice. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. And always again, I say rejoice. It doesn't matter what you're facing tomorrow. You don't have to worry about it. You know, God's got your back. And he proceeds, he sees the future. He knows what you're going to face. You know, you should rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. You're, you're not like somebody out there in the darkness who doesn't know about tomorrow. You don't know what you're going to face the next day. You know, no, no, God already knows it. He knows what you're going to face and you can rejoice. And again, I say rejoice in everything that you're doing because he knows what you're facing. He knows what you're going to go through. Praise the Lord. Amen. Maybe you just got laid off. Well, just rejoice. <laughs> God's got another job. He'll take care of you. You know, he knows what you're going to face today. Maybe your doctor gave you a bad report. Well, just rejoice. 
The doctor's not the final word. He's not the one who makes all the calls. No, God's higher, you know. He's way higher. His rank's way higher than that doctor, you know. He made the doctor. <laughs> you think about that today. He made the doctor, you know, and he makes the final call, you know. He, he knows what your report's going to be, and your report's going to be a good report. If you just keep trusting in the Lord, he'll make sure that you're healed. The Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. He already took, for it, took care of it through Jesus. I like that. You know, that's 1 Peter 2, 24. He already paid for it at the cross. He said, by your, his stripes, you were healed. It's done. You're healed right now. Just believe it in Jesus' name. So you just rejoice. God's got it taken care of. You don't need to be worrying about it. it. Just rejoice. Get up in the morning and say, praise the Lord. This is going to be a good day. You say, well, the, all the circumstances look like they're against me, Jeremiah. Well, that's okay. You just rejoice. Just praise the Lord. Maybe you got a light bill due right now. You don't have the money. You know, well, that's all great. Just rejoice. God knew you had a light bill coming. God knew that you're going to have a challenge coming your way. God, he's going to help you take care of it. Just rejoice. You know, you say, well, man, I don't know how he's going to do it. That's okay. He's got more than a million ways to work it out. It's not a problem for him. He can do it any way he wants to. Don't limit him. He'll make sure that you got the money that you need. Praise the Lord. Maybe your kids are acting crazy and they're not serving the Lord. Maybe they're out there and you're worried about them all the time. Just rejoice. <laughs> I have some kids. I understand, you know. Hey, you know, just rejoice. God knows how to take care of your kids. God knows how to take care of your family. God knows how to take care of your circumstances. You can just rejoice and praise the Lord right now, right where you're at. You get free right now if you just rejoice instead of being all stressed out and worried about your tomorrows and worried about what's going to happen with this and worried about what's going to happen with that. No, you need to just start rejoicing. You need to rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Notice he didn't just say it once. He didn't just say it, you know, hey, rejoice and get done, you know, go ahead and go do something else. No, he told him twice. He said, rejoice. <laughs> and he said, again, I say rejoice. He's, he's, he's like, don't just rejoice once, you know. He said, get on in there and rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Just enjoy him and rejoice that God has it taken care of. He's faithful. And he's going to take care of you. Amen. Amen. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4.4. 4. Let's look at a few different versions here in the uh, Amplified Version. It says it like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Gladden yourselves in him. Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> he said gladden yourself in him. Isn't that good? You know, just get glad about God, you know? Get glad about, gladden yourself. He didn't say that, you know, that God's going to make you be glad. You've got to do something about it. You know, you're not the, you know, he's not going to make you rejoice. He's not going to force you to rejoice. He's a good God. He's a good father. He didn't make you do anything. He didn't make you get saved. He want, you have to choose to rejoice. You know, you can't put this off on someone else, <laughs> you know, and I can't come to your house right now, you know, and shake you and say rejoice. You know, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. You may have to dance a little bit yourself, you know, till you get in the spirit and you just need to rejoice. 
get your mind off things. You know, me and my wife, sometimes we like to drive around and crank up the Christian music, you know, and just, you know, get your thoughts off of things, you know, rejoice for a while. Think about how God's good. You know, I like to crank up, you know, Lindell Cooley, and I like, I like his, his song, I See the Lord, you know, and I just like it, you know, and there's a part of it goes, holy, holy, you know, and I can, you can just start rejoicing, you know. Our heavenly home is an exciting home. Think about that. It is an exciting place, you know. It's going to be beautiful, I believe, with color, beautiful with God, you know. You should be rejoicing right now where you're at and stop thinking about the bad stuff and think about the good things. There's some good things, <laughs> There's some good things, you know. Th keep your mind on the good thing. God's not going to keep your mind on the good thing for you. You've got to keep your mind on the good things yourself. You've got to rejoice yourself. You've got to get out of your comfort zone yourself, and you've got to rejoice. You know, God can fix it a whole lot easier if you just start rejoicing. He fixes things so much faster when you're not worried about it and you're stressed about it, you know. He fixes stuff quicker when you're in the joy of the Lord. He, he, he makes it happen quicker for you. It's just a fact, you know. It's amazing, you know, how God does that. In Philippians 4.4, the Passion Translation says it like this. It says, be joyful with cheerful, joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. <laughs> Isn't that good what the Passion translates? He says, be joyous celebration in every season of your life. You know, I don't know what season of life you're in right now. You know, we're all in different seasons. We're all growing in different stages. Some of us are younger. Some of us are older, you know. But it doesn't matter what season of life you're in. Don't let it take your joy. Don't let it take your joy from you. You know, God can work stuff out so fast if you just keep your joy. Just keep your joyfulness, you know. Rejoice right there where you're at. Amen. If nobody else around you is doing it and, and, you, and no one else is doing it, you know, they're all sad. That's okay. You don't have to be sad. You can rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. He's faithful. And he wants to take care of you. Amen. I like what it says here. It says, be cheerful with joyous celebration every season of life. You know, you know, there's lots of people in different seasons. They're doing lots of different things right now. You know, you got people going to college. You got people that are working hard. You've got people across the world that are retiring and people doing all kinds of things. We're in different seasons of life, you know, doing some missionary work, living, you know, doing some working in the church. You know, what season are you in? Are you teaching today? Are you a pastor today? Are you a youth pastor today? We're all in different seasons of life. We need to enjoy every season of our life, you know. God wants you to enjoy where you're at, you know. Not, don't enjoy it when you get over there to something else, you know. Enjoy right where you're at, you know. Life is too short to not enjoy where you're at, you know. You have to enjoy where you're at. Take the time and rejoice in God. Enjoy where you're at. Sometimes you need to just walk out and look out the window and enjoy the rain. You know, we had a heavy rain last night. Just enjoy the rain, you know. Don't let life pass you by. Enjoy God, everything God does. He's doing wonderful things in your life, and he's got wonderful things prepared for you in the future. He's got wonderful things prepared for you wherever you get to where you're going to go. You know, that's okay, but enjoy right now. God wants you to enjoy right now. Rejoice right now, right where you're at. 
You don't have to wait until the situation's different, you know, enjoy where you're at. Paul understood this, you know. It also says here, and he says, that, let your joy overflow. I love that there in the Passion Translation. We need to overflow with joy. Not just have joy, need to be overflowing with joy. You know, this is the year of overflow, you know, that we've heard prophesied this year, you know, that this is the year of overflow for you and your life, and my, me and my life, you know. And, you know, it, it's important that you realize you need to let your joy overflow as well, not just your finances, not just every area of your life, but your joy. Let it overflow in your life, you know. Let it ooze out of you. Spend so much time with God, it's just oozing out of you everywhere you go, you know. It's it's just overflowing, you know, over you, you know, the pour the pitcher and it's just overflowing the cup, you know. Let Spend enough time with him. To, don't just get just a little bit of God in the morning and take just a little time with him. And make sure you're overflowing. It affects other people. It affects you. It affects your day, you know. Make sure that you take time to let him overflow in you, you know. Paul understood this. He When he wrote this letter, he was in prison. Think about that now, you know. He was enjoying right where he was at, even though he was in prison. Wow, that's powerful to think about, you know. There's people who can't enjoy it when they got all the money in the world, every car known to man, and all the money in the bank, you know, and they've got all their family all intact, you know, but they can't enjoy right where they're at. It's amazing to me, you know. But Paul's in prison, he can enjoy himself. He's telling other people, matter of fact, he's encouraging other people, even though he's in prison. <laughs> think about that, you know. There's people that have everything and they can't enjoy themselves where they're at, but Paul could enjoy himself in prison. Wow, think about that today. And that tells us that you can enjoy yourself in any circumstance. It doesn't matter what you're facing, what you're going through today, what challenge you're facing today. You know, you can enjoy yourself in any circumstance. It's interesting when he wrote this letter, some say that it, that prison was so bad that there were actually a, that you could have a dead person right next to him in the prison. That's how bad the conditions were, they were saying at that time. You think about that, you know, his situation looked pretty bleak. It looked pretty bad, but yet he took the time. I want to write this really happy letter to the Philippian church, you know. So he didn't let the situation take away his joy. He didn't let it take away the, the, the things that are going on in his life to enjoy the moment where he was at. And he could still rejoice even though the circumstances looked very bleak in his life. He could rejoice right where he's at, you know. Hey, man, how could he do this? How, how, how did he learn to do this? Now, you think about that, you know, he'd been through all kinds of things with God. He, he obviously had some experience with the Lord, amen? It's been said that the conditions were that bad, you know, in the prison that it was just ugly, you know? But yet Paul is still admonishing us to rejoice. This was the way he lived. He lived his life this way. This wasn't something Paul didn't know about. And we're going to look at that. Paul knew this prison was nothing to God. How did he know that? He already had faced prison before, didn't he? <laughs> Paul faced all kinds of challenges before, he, and prison was nothing new to him. He knew what he'd already, he'd already been in this type of circumstance before. We know that. Let's look at that in Acts, the 16th chapter there in the 17th verse. He says, the, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God and show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of the same hour. He was being tormented by this lady, you know, as he's going there in this city. And you think about that, you know, he he handled, he got frustrated. He, he tells this demon to come out of this 
person here and uh, it makes some people mad you know because he did that because they were making money off of this lady but listen to what it says here and when the, his magistrate saw that the hope of their gains was gone they caught paul and silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying these men being jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being romans and the multitude rose up against them and the magistrates rid off their clothes and commanded to beat them and when they had laid many stripes upon them they cast them into the prison charging the jailer to keep them safely so he, he got thrown in jail him and silas for doing something you know actually they were actually helping this lady <laughs> they were actually helping her get free you know but they didn't want this lady free you know and uh, you know, they get thrown in prison made them a lot of people mad so many that they put them in jail you think about that you know this is not a good circumstance this is not something that's uh, very <laughs> i was checking my mic there you know this is not a good situation for them you know and they get put into prison here but listen to what it says and whoever received a charge thrust them into inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks and at midnight so paul been in this situation here before he'd been in this challenge before but at midnight something changed something got different you know the holy spirit started leading them at midnight you know and Paul learned this in prison, didn't he? He's in this situation in the, uh, the uh, Philippian. He's writing to the Philippian church while he's in prison. In this situation, he's in prison. And, but he learned something here with Silas. Listen to what happened here with Silas in prison. He, and he's saying, it says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. <laughs> Think about that. In their situation, they were facing the challenges that they were dealing with. They said, well, we're just going to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. We're going to take some time with the Lord and just enjoy our time, even though we're here in this prison. Boy, you think about that. God gets involved in that. He likes it when you rejoice. You show faith he's going to take care of you. You show faith he's going to bring you out. You show faith that hey, you're not sitting there going, oh, dear Lord, I hope I can get through this. Dear God, I hope that we make it through this. Oh, man, I hope that we make it through this situation. Oh, I'm going to fast for 14 days. Uh, whatever I got to do. Oh, God, help us to get through this situation. No, they showed confidence and faith in how big God is and how little their situation was compared to God. You think about that today. Whatever your challenge is and whatever it is you're facing, that's little compared to God. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, some people will say, well, hey, this is some dreaded disease or this is some uh, sickness that can't just get over to even whisper the name. Oh, man, I hope I don't get that. You know, well, that's little to God. You know, think about that. It's little. God's huge. God can fix it. It doesn't matter what it is. He can fix it. You know, in your mind, you need to get that straight right now. He can fix it. It's not hard for him. <laughs> Oh man, the Bible talks about it. it's like flicking his finger. If you look at the uh, translation of the Greek, even to cast out a devil, it's like flicking a finger for him. He don't have a problem with it. <laughs> he don't have a problem fixing your situation. He's faithful and he'll fix it and he wants to do it for you. Just let him believe he'll do it. And Paul and Silas did that at midnight. They decided we're going to rejoice. They said, we, they, it says they prayed and sang praises to the Lord. And they enjoyed their time in the prison anyway, you know. You know, there's no telling what that was like with the stocks on them and all the things that they were facing though. But they, they're like, let's just go ahead and start praising God right here, you know. And then they take the little time, you know. There was that song, 
They started singing, you know, uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, <laughs> they started just praising God, you know, and they, you know, the Lord, I lift your name on high. They're just, they're just getting down, you know, Lord, I love to sing your praises. They're just getting down, you know, and they're waving their hands back and forth, you know. Then they, they really get into it. Lord, I love to sing your praises. They're getting down and you know, they, they're like, well, hey, you know, we don't have any instruments, so let's start clapping. Lord, I lift your name on high. Oh, Lord, I love to sing your praises. They're just getting down, you know. <laughs> and God gets involved because they're showing faith. God's going to take care of them. They're just going to enjoy God with all the circumstances that they're facing. Praise the Lord. And they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and suddenly... <laughs> And you know, your situation, something suddenly is going to happen if you just let him. You know, you just, you're enjoying God. You don't need to be even focused on it. And something suddenly is going to happen. You know, something's going to be in the mail to help fix your situation. Someone's going to come by and help you with your situation. Somebody's going to speak the word you need to hear on the, on the TV or the stream or whatever you're listening to your podcast, you know. Something's going to come your way, you know, because you're enjoying God. Amen. And it's going to work out the situation. It's going to help you so much if you just praise him right there where you're at, you know. He'll help you. He'll fix it for you. I remember I was listening to this story one time about this gentleman, you know, he was dying, had everybody pray for him. And uh, he decided, well, man, if, uh, if I'm not going to get, the only thing I can do is just praise God, you know, is all I know to do. So he crawled, he was very ill, crawled up to the top of this hill, you know, they didn't even know he was out there from what I understand the story. And he just started praising God, you know, he was ill and just started praising. He said, I'm going to sit here and praise him till I live or I die. <laughs> And he just starts praising the Lord and rejoicing in the Lord, you know, and he got his healing. You think about that today, you know, what's it going to cost you to praise him? What's it going to, how's it going to hurt you to spend some time having some joy? How's that going to hurt you to rejoice right now? You know, you think about that, you know, you say, well, how's that going to benefit me, Jeremiah? I hear what you're saying, but how's that going to benefit me? How's it going to benefit you if you don't do it? <laughs> What's going to happen if you do do it? You know, it could change your world if you'll just take a little time and rejoice with him and get your attitude up there and your excitement up there, your expectation up there and just enjoying the presence of God. Praise the Lord. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaking and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. <laughs> you get loose today if you just rejoice with him right there. Wherever you're driving today, you can get loosed right now. You just start rejoicing and start praising the Lord right there where you're at. You say, well, how's that going to happen? Just start praising him. You know, he might lead you to dance. He might lead you to start praying in tongues. He might, he might lead you to do some things, you know, just rejoice in him and he'll get you free. He'll loose you right there. He'll fill you right there. He'll make your life better right there if you let him praise the Lord. He's, he's faithful. He's good. And his mercy endures forever. Thank the Lord his mercy endures forever. Amen. Amen. And Paul cried with a loud vo voice to the guy there. He said, do thyself no harm, for we are here, you know. And he was enjoying himself so much that the answer came, and he didn't even take off. <laughs> Think about that, you know. You can be rejoicing with God, and your answer can come, and it doesn't even mean as much to you as the time with God. <laughs> Think about that. You can enjoy God's presence so much 
that your answer shows up, but you're still just caught up in him, and that means nothing. <laughs> the time of God means more, means more than what you're facing and what your challenge is today, and the answer, he's, he's faithful, amen. So he tells us to rejoice, rejoice right there where you're at. Maybe today you're facing a challenge you don't know how you can overcome. Paul says to rejoice. He says, and again, I say rejoice. But what it what it what he's trying to bring to you, you know, whatever's trying to bring your spirit down, think about that today. As you get older in Christ, Paul noticed he learned from past times that if you'll just spend time rejoicing with the Lord, the answer will come. Think about that now, you know. Whatever you're facing today, as you grow in God, the more you see him do it, the easier it is, you know you're gonna come out and you can just rejoice. And just spend time with the Lord and you just know everything's going to be okay, you know. Maybe there's someone today you just don't know and you're not sure that it's going to be okay, you know. It's going to be okay. It's always going to be okay if you serve Jesus and you follow God and his leading. It's always going to be okay. He, he always brings you out. You talk to some of the elders in the church that have been doing this for a long time. You know, they're going to tell you it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. He's going to bring you out. He's going to fix your situation. He's faithful. They, you know, don't go by what someone that has a bad report has to say. You don't know what their situation is. And you don't know what, what caused that to happen. You say, well, he served the Lord all of his life. Well, that doesn't matter. That's not you, you know. God can do it for you. You know, maybe it's, a, you say, well, man, he, but he loved the Lord. Well, it doesn't mean he made all the right choices, you know. It doesn't mean that he was falling in that day, you know. But God's going to take care of you. He's going to make sure you have what you need. And he's going to make sure that you get to where you need because he's faithful. Amen. He is faithful. Don't look at someone else. Look at the Bible. The Bible says he will take care of you. You know, he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Bible says, Paul even told us because of his experience, we always triumph through Christ Jesus. You're always going to make it. You're always going to be okay. It just comes from experience. It takes time with him learning. You're going to be okay. Everything's going to work out and he's going to make it better than it was before. That's the way he does things. He's always going to make it better than it was before. Amen. So what is it that's bringing your spirit down today? What is it that's challenging you today? What is the situation that you're facing today that's challenging you? Well, you know, God will bring you through it. He's faithful. Paul also gives us some keys on how you're able to do that. You know, one of the things he talked about in the third chapter, which is off my notes here, but I thought the Lord wants me to share it with you. He talked about in the third chapter there about how he, 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 didn't, he didn't focus on things behind him. He started looking at the things before him. You think about that, you know, the biggest challenge with people is that they, they look at past mistakes. <laughs> they look at where they went wrong and how they failed at something and how they had challenges with something, you know, and, this, and it makes it hard for them to go forward. And Paul talked about that. One of the key things he talked about in the third chapter was forgetting those things that are behind and pressing forward to the things that lie before, you know. And, you know, that's a problem with so many people. They get caught up in what they did wrong over their lifetime and all the challenges they've faced and what they've done wrong. I've done this before myself. You know, you get caught up in all the challenges and all the things that you've done before that you had a challenge with and a mistake that you may have made or something didn't go the way you wanted to. And you have to be careful because then you don't step out the way you need to step out. Praise the Lord. Paul says that he focused, the key was to focus on what lies before. Well, are you looking ahead or are you looking behind? You know, we need to be looking ahead. 
looking at all the things of God are looking ahead, not looking behind, you know. You look at Lot's wife, she got to looking back at Sodom and Gomorrah and the things that were that happened there. You know, I'm sure when she was looking back, she's thinking, that was my home and those that's where I lived. And they, they, she's looking at her past and looking, you know, that didn't work out. I guess we made a bad choice, you know. She got herself all caught up in that and says she became a pillar of salt on the ground. You think about that, you know. Getting caught up in your past can get it can destroy your life. It can cause you challenges to going forward. God, everything he has for you is laying before you. Know, maybe he did something great back then, but that's nothing compared to what he's going to do for you in the future. Maybe he did something great at this time period in your life, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have something even greater in the future for you. God has things that'll blow your mind. He's working behind the scenes to make things better for you, but you have to be looking to the future. You can't be dragging all this stuff behind you and think that you're going to get to where you need to go in the future. He's looking forward. God's always looking forward. Amen. That's for somebody. Well, you know, some keys he taught here in this fourth chapter. It's really powerful to think about here. He says in the fourth chapter, he says, have moderate, have a moderate spirit. He starts out there right after he says rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. He says, have a moderate spirit. Listen to what he says, Philippians 4, 5. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. This is one of the keys to him showing how to be a person that rejoices in tough circumstances. He says, be a moderate person. Listen to what he says. The Philippians, the Amplified says it like this. He says, let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, your unselfishness, your mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. He's saying, hey, man, the Lord's coming soon. They were acting back then like the Lord was going to be there any day. And, you know, how much more closer is he today? Think about that, you know. Uh, he's, he's coming, and he's going to be here soon. And, you know, when he says to you that it's important that you're making sure that you're looking at being an unselfish person, having mercy, having tolerance, and being patient. But what is he saying? He's saying, hey, look at your love walk, you know. He said, make sure that you're making sure you take care of your love walk, you know, and it's easy to rejoice in your times, but it's important that you make sure that you're looking at your love walk and stay in love. Uh, you know, when you're challenged, don't be rude and ungracious, you know. And it's interesting, you think about that today, you know, as soon as we're faced with a challenge, that's when we become rude to the people around us if we're not careful, <laughs> you know. We become people that just, uh, you know, we're facing a challenge now, so I can't walk in love, you know, with people at work, and I can't walk in love with people at home. No, that's what Paul said saying here he's saying hey rejoice and again i say rejoice but make sure that you're keeping your love walk you know you're being challenged i get it but you need to make sure that you're taking care of your love walk and loving people around you you know and it is a challenge when you're doing that and you're rejoicing in the lord to make sure that you're making sure that you're walking in love why because love will help you come out love will help you come out of your situation and make you turn out to be the way that you need to be praise the lord you know, it's important that you, I remember when recently, you know, or not, or this, I remember this store that we, we were believing, we were asking somebody to buy something, you know, we never got the item. I'll never forget, you know, and uh, we, we, we called them and called them. They kept charging us each month, you know, we, <laughs> for this item, you know, that we wanted, you know, but boy, you know, you have to keep your joy, you know, when you're calling somebody 15,000 times to make sure that you, uh, you know, that get through to them. Hey, you're charging me. Stop charging me, you know. You know, and boy, it affects your love walk if you're not not careful. You know, you know, you purchase an item and it's like they just keep charging you for no reason, and you never even got the item. You know, I don't know if you ever been there like that. I've been there like that. You know, but you know, it's interesting to think about. You're on that customer service line. They're playing that wonderful elevator music that you love. You know, <laughs> the classics. You know, and well, you know, you what about love? You know, you're hearing all kinds of beautiful. <laughs> 
<laughs> songs on there, the elevator classics, you know. Might hear some Huey Lewis in the news or, or something great there. You know, you think about that, you know, you're listening to all that, you know, and you're trying to keep your cool. You know, you've already called them 21 times here. You know, you're trying to get them to quit charging you money, trying to get money back, you know, that they've already charged you, you know. And you can lose your cool, you know, right in that, you know. And it's interesting you think about that today, you know, whatever challenge you're facing and whatever you're facing today, you know, don't lose your cool, <laughs> you know. Let God work it out, you know. Maybe it didn't work out the first time he called or maybe it didn't work out when he did this certain situation or maybe you did something and it didn't work out the way you wanted to the first time, but you got to have patience and you got to not let it take your joy and you got to rejoice in the Lord always and again, I say rejoice. He also says there in Philippians, the fourth chapter in the sixth verse, let's go down there. And uh, we're going to look at another point that he gives. And he, he, it's, he gives a good point about giving it to God. You know, you know, you can't just do everything in yourself. You got to give it to him and you need to rest in him. You know, and, you know, that, that'll cause you to rejoice. That'll cause you to keep your joy. If you just give it to him, lots of people are losing their joy because they keep hold of it. They like to hold on to it for days and days at a time, you know. I remember uh, hearing about this uh, situation with this, these certain people, how they wouldn't forgive each other over a week. Wow, think about that, you know. I can't imagine me and my wife, we usually forgive each other, man, within the time or an hour, you know. It's, it's not, it doesn't take us long to forgive each other, but there's people, they might take years to forgive somebody, and they wonder why they have no joy and they don't have no peace, you know. You need to give it to God, amen. You need to give your circumstances to the God. Give God everything that you got there, and it'll take that pressure off of you, and you can walk in joy and walk in love. Listen to what he says here in Philippians, the fourth chapter in the sixth verse. He says, be careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Think about that, you know. We were talking, me and my wife the other day, and I was talking to her. We make lists of the things we need to do, you know. And it's amazing how it takes the stress off if you make that list. And you'll set it aside instead of thinking about 50,000 things, you know. And, you know, you got a list to, you need to give to God. Of all your challenges and all the things you're facing after a while, you just you need to make sure that you're giving it to God. You know, he'll hold on to it. You don't need to hold on to it, you know. He, he's a whole lot bigger than you are. And he can hold those situations and he can take care of those situations. He's a whole lot bigger than you are. He's got bigger shoulders than you have. And he knows how to help you through every situation if you'll just give it to him. Amen. You know, you can tell when people haven't given to him, you know, because they're carrying it every day. They're talking about it. They're, they're, they spend their time thinking about it, you know, but you got to give it to him. You say, well, that's not easy. I didn't say it was easy, <laughs> but we need to give it to him and give it to God, you know, and then make it to where you can rejoice. Make it to where you can enjoy your day. You've already given it to him, you know. You say, well, how's that? Because you're having faith he's going to work it out. You're having faith he's going to take care of it, you know. And he does keep his word and everything he says. He says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, you shall have it. Give it to him. Believe you receive it and go about your business. Let him help you take care of it. Praise the Lord. He's faithful. He can work it out more, like I said before, than a million ways. I used to tell people that when I pray with them on the prayer line, you know, I'd be on the line praying with them. And I would try to encourage them. I'd say, you know, God can work this out more than a million ways, you know. His thoughts are like the sand on the seashore. He, he has many avenues that he can work through, many different places that he can go, different people he can work with, you know, and he can work it out. He's faithful to do that. And it's important that you let him do that for you. Have you given your challenge to God today? 
Have you given it to him? You have to give it to him for it to be able to work out. It makes it so much easier for you to rejoice, <laughs> you know? So much easier for you to have joy in your day. Just give it to him. You don't be carrying it. Give it to him. The Bible says he's the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. You know, he can remove your burdens and yokes right now if you let him. Give it to him. Let him take care of it for you. He's faithful and he wants to take care of it. The last one here is to take control of your thinking. It's interesting, Philippians 4, and this is the same chapter where he tells you to rejoice. He tells you the keys to that here. The fourth chapter, the eighth verse, he says, Finally, brethren, whosoever things are, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. He said, if you want to have virtue and you want to have praise, you need to think on some good things, you know. You need to make sure that your thinking's on some good things, you know. It's it's easy to, man, the world does it all the time. They're thinking of all the bad things that can happen. I can flip on the news right now and watch how they think something bad's going to happen, you know. But we're Christians, and God can work out all kinds of things for us, you know. We're, our thinking should be on Him and thinking that He's going to bring you through. He's going to fix your situation but it has to do with your thinking. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. He's the God of peace. He's not the God of discouragement. He's not the God of stress. No, he's the God of peace that passes all understanding. Whatever you're facing today, he's the God of peace that passes all understanding. What are you thinking about today? Oh, are you thinking about good things? Are you thinking about the negative? Are you thinking about things that are going to cause you to go forward? What are you thinking about? If it does not line up with the scripture, turn it off. <laughs> you know, turn it off. You've got, you know, God's not going to make you turn it off. You can meditate on those things all night long. You can spend your time thinking about things that you know you shouldn't be thinking about, you know. But, you know, it's important that you're doing something with your mind. You know, you have to turn off those thoughts, you know. I was watching a program just the other day with my son. We love this particular program, you know. It's, a, it's more of a family program. And, uh, you know, they got off on some areas I didn't agree with, you know. I remember we were watching this program, and, they have, man, I was like, no, 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 you know, we're not going to watch this. And, well, you know, I had to turn it off, you know, at some point. And I have to say we're not going to watch this particular thing because I feel like it has some values that aren't good for my family, you know? And you know, you, what, do you, what's, what are you putting in your mind? What are you valuing in your mind, you know? You need to put the things you value in your mind and care about what you're thinking, you know? Your mind's not a garbage can, you know? Garbage in, garbage out, you know, is what my pastor used to say, you know? And you need to make sure that you're protecting your mind, not putting junk in there, you know? Keep taking care of your thinking so that you think the good reports, you know? The Bible wants us, tells us clearly, clearly to think of things of good report. What are you putting in your mind? What's a good report to you? You know, do you see yourself coming out? Do you see yourself being prosperous? Do you see yourself healed? Do you see yourself being successful in your dream? What are you putting in your mind? Your mind's the most, one of the most valuable things you have. What are you doing with that mind? Are you wasting it with worry and stress every day? What are you doing with your mind? Are you taking care of it? Are you nourishing it with good thoughts like he talks about here? That makes it easier to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice when you have your mind on good things is what Paul's telling us here. So you can decide to think on the things of good report or you can just turn off the bad stuff. You know, it's just up to you. You know, some people, you know, even though I'm telling them this, they won't turn off the bad stuff. You need to turn off the bad stuff to put on the good stuff. You know, I like to watch comedies. I don't know about you. 
You know, I like to laugh, you know, and laughter is healthy for us, you know, even the, they'll tell you that, you know, because there's studies been made about, you know, how laughter helps. And they've even found that laughter is, can heal you, you know, being around joyous things, you know, and I like to watch comedies and I like to sit there and laugh, you know, you know, are you watching a bunch of negative junk, you know, fearful things, <laughs> things that make you sad all the time, put, put some happy stuff on, put some things that make you happy on, some things that give you some joy. Man, you think about the things of God. Get yourself where you, you're thinking about some joyous things, you know, joy in life. Go out and do something you enjoy today. Put your mind on something to enjoy. You know, sometimes we have to just get out of the house and just drive for a little while and go to a, a different town or something. Get out of the same rut, you know, and get out there and enjoy life. You know, I, I like to drive to, up to Broken Arrow and in Tulsa. We used to live in Broken Arrow, you know. And I like to go out there. There's a place called Charlie's Chicken. <laughs> and I just love Charlie's Chicken. Oh, my goodness. Don't get me started about Charlie's Chicken. They have, they have uh, chicken nuggets about that size there, white meat chicken nuggets. I love chicken, you know, but they're about that size. And you can get like five of them and you can sit there and you're just all oh, so full, you know. They have mashed potatoes, a cobbler. They have uh, everything you can think of. Dear Lord, I'm getting hungry even thinking about it, you know. They have uh, what we call uh, corn poppers. Oh my goodness, they're, they're corn and they got sweet, like a sauce in there and they fry it. Oh man, it's good, you know. I'm trying to take care of my health, don't get me wrong, but they, they have some of the, some great stuff there, you know. You need to get out there and do something you enjoy once in a while, you know. I don't say, I'm not saying eat Charlie's every day, <laughs> but you need to get yourself an environment where you're joyous, you know. If your house doesn't look joyous to you and it doesn't make you think on good things, put some, put some things around you that make you think on good things, you know. Put some things around you that help you. Watch something that's joyous. Get your mind off of the bad stuff and get your mind on the good stuff. You know, it's amazing how to change your life. If, you know, you can go to a movie and it's happy and just be encouraged. You can be encouraged and get yourself out of that stupor, of, you know, not having joy. You know, I never forget these people one time. Their daughter had passed away in Tulsa, Oklahoma, well-known ministers, you know, and uh, they, they, they stayed in the house, had the blinds shut, you know, the father did, you know, and it was just dark in the room, you know, and he just was mourning and grieving, you know. But then there's this joyous uh, youth pastor came over there, you know, a well-known minister, you know, and he's always joyous, you know, and he heard about that, you know, and he's good friends with him. And he come walking in there and he, he started opening up the blinds, start bringing in the light, you know, and joy, you know, bringing in the joy, trying to overcome that circumstance. And what do you need to do today to bring in the joy back into your life? Well, you need to get some more light into your life. Do you need to do some things that you haven't done before? Get the joy back in your life to where you can just rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. What are you thinking on today? Jesus told us not to worry. I'm not going to read all this. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, the 26th through the 34th verse, he tells us clearly not to worry. He talks about how he takes care of the birds and he takes care of the thing, living things on the earth, you know, and, he, and how, how hard is it for him to take care of you? He takes care of them daily. <laughs> But yet there's people that worry about what they're going to have tomorrow and what's going to happen tomorrow. No, God takes care of that. He's faithful and he will do that for you if you'll let him do that. He's faithful, but you're not supposed to worry. He commands us not to worry. He's going to take care of you. He's faithful. Amen. Amen. I thought that was my last point, but I had one more here and we're going to go into it real quickly here. But Paul learned to rely on God's strength. And this is how he kept his joy and how he could rejoice there in prison. He learned to rely on God's strength. You know, 
You may get up today or tomorrow or the next day and you just, you're wrung out, you know, but you can learn to rely on his strength. His strength is what makes me get up in the morning. His strength is why I'm doing this podcast right now. His strength is why I can face tomorrow, you know, is because of his strength, you know. It's amazing, you know. I may say, I just don't want to do that. I don't feel like that today. But I can spend time in his presence and get his strength. And it's amazing. I'll have more vigor. I want to do it. I'm excited about life again, you know. But it's his strength. Listen to what he says here in Philippians, the fourth chapter, and the tenth verse. He says, But I rejoice to the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of one, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. How was he content? He tells us, I know both how to be abased, and I know how to be abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. He says he's up to any challenge, anything he faces because of the strength of the Lord he puts in him. Hey, man, think about that today. Whatever you're facing, you're up to any challenge. You say, I can't do this. Yes, you can, because you have his strength. You can come through it. You can do it with the Lord's help. And you don't, now you're going to do it on yourself. by yourself. You're not going to be able to do it. You going and trying to do this thing on your own, you're not going to be able to do it. I've learned that many times myself, you know. You can't do it without him. And he'll save you time. He'll save you energy. He'll save you so much things if you'll spend time getting the strength of the Lord. And as Paul was up to any challenge because of God's strength in his lives. And he could handle any situation with God's strength. It's important you understand that we're not meant to accomplish God's things without his strength. You're not meant to do that. You know, he gives you this big dream and this big thing that he wants you to do. You know, you weren't meant to do that on your own. He would never call you to do something like that on your own. You know, he's there to help you, to give you the grace to do that. Paul opened all these churches and you think about that. He had to have the grace. He had to have the strength and he learned that he could pull from that strength of the Lord. And we're meant to pull from the strength of the Lord every day. Philippians 4.13, the Passion Translation says it like this. I know what it means to lack. I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. What's the secret to overcoming all things? He says it here. Whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Wow, think about that. His explosive power will cause you to overcome every difficulty. He didn't, call, he didn't want you to overcome that difficulty by yourself. He didn't mean for you to overcome that by yourself. Never wanted you to overcome it by yourself. He gave you explosive power in your spirit, the Holy Spirit, to give you the power to overcome your situation, to help you to overcome in life and to overcome whatever you're facing today, you know? Man, you say, I don't know, Jeremiah, how can I do this, you know? Well, no, you've got the power within you. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. He, he's he got an overcome, overcoming power to help you through every situation. His hand will come upon you. His power will infuse you and you will come through it because he's faithful, amen. He didn't leave you on your own. He sent you a helper. He sent you some help. You're not alone. He's there to help you. He gave you the strength to over. You said, well, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. You have power to overcome in the situation. You know, you're not alone. You're never alone. The Holy Spirit's there with you. Philippians 4.13, the Amplified says it like this, and I'm going to close on this. But this is powerful to read in the Amplified. Listen to what it says in the Amplified. It says, I can do all things which he hath called me to do. 
Wow, think of that. Paul, Paul knew he could do all things. You know, he didn't have a phone. He didn't have the, you know, internet. He didn't have uh, all the things we have today. You know, he did everything. You know, may have had to ride a horse. He, he may have had to ride on a ship, you know, and he established churches all over the region. You know, you think about that. You know, he did all those things. And he says, I can do all things which he's called me to do. He, he's confident in it. And listen to what he says, through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready to do anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Think about that, you know. He knew in that prison what he was going through. It was easy for him to say rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Because he knew he had infused inner strength within him, self-sufficiency in Christ's sufficiency. Amen. You know, he wants you to have self-sufficiency in Christ's sufficiency. His power will help you to come through anything. His power will fix any situation. His anointed power, his Holy Spirit will fix any situation for you if you let him. He'll give you the strength. You will have more strength than you ever had before. You'll have, you'll have more wisdom than you ever had before. You'll have more insight than you ever had before if you'll just tap into that ability of the Holy Spirit to help you to come through that situation. His ability is there to help you. You're not alone. His ability is there to help you to come through it. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for today. And Father, I hope I laid that all out there just like you had me telling me about it this morning. Father, help them to get everything you told me to this morning. Help them to get everything that they were supposed to have today. Help them to be encouraged today. Help them to be strengthened today, Father. Touch them right there, Father. That one that doesn't feel like it, they, they can come through what they're going through, Father. Help them to be encouraged, Father. Help them to depend on you. Help them to see that others have come through because they've learned to depend on you, Father. And Father, we just ask for it in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, Father, for it in advance. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And if you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity. You, you know, you've been going through life having failure after failure after failure. You've had challenge after challenge after challenge. Everything in life has challenged you today, you know, and you just need the one to help you come through the challenges, and that's God. And you need Jesus in your life right now. You need to accept Jesus to help you. You're not supposed to do this. You weren't created without him to help you. In the Garden of Eden, you know, God was there with them, you know, and he wants to be there with you. He wants to help you with your situation. All you got to do is pray this with me and you will be saved. We're going to read out of Romans, the 10th chapter, the 9th and 10th verse. And he says there, if you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved if you confess Jesus as Lord of your life. So pray this with me. Father, I believe you've risen Jesus from the dead. And today, Father, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life today. Jesus, be Lord of my life right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I praise you, Father. We thank you, Father. Well, if you accepted Jesus right then, you are saved. You don't have to worry about it tomorrow. You don't have to worry your names in the book of life. You know, your book, your name's in that book of life right now, praise the Lord. And you, all you need to do, I would suggest writing it down, write down the time so you don't forget it. You know, we have to renew our minds and remind ourselves stuff, you know. And so it's important that we write it down and don't forget it, you know, write it in a Bible, write it on a piece of paper, something you won't lose. And so you don't forget, you know, hey, I was saved at that time. And this is when this special event happened in my life. You know, welcome to the family. 
We're so glad to have you in the family. We love you. And I, I'm so glad that I get to go to heaven with you. Praise the Lord. Amen. We'll come up. We'll slap a high five together. It'll be so wonderful to see you there. I want to see you there. God bless you. We love you. You have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. If you'd like to contact us for a prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.